Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. What is it about Baker that he doesn't feel like he has to feed the ball to any one person? Every receiver on the team is able to make the plays when they come their way. And we all run the routes just about the same. Some people just run it faster. You know, Odell was faster, you know, so I'm a little slower. So Baker got, he got to slow the ball down for me a little bit. Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious7. My dogs by nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7, and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Ahead on Straight No Chaser, we have your opposition's position. Friends of the show, Micah and Tyler, join us from the Behind the Eye Patch podcast to help give us some perspective on the contest this Sunday afternoon. Certainly looking forward to that discussion. But before we get to that, We have a visit from a rising influencer, both in Cleveland and on the national stage. He's been controversial, but no doubt steadfast in his defense of the Browns and Baker from the slings and arrows of some establishment media members. Colin Coward is a walking oxymoron and a moron. He has said some dumb things in the past. I have never heard him say anything dumber than this. He says the Cleveland Browns are the most over-discussed team in professional sports as he is doing his daily segment on the Cleveland Browns. He then says we don't talk about the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Bengals on this show. Well, the Lions are 3-3. Three and three. The Jaguars are 1-6. and six. The Bengals are 1-5-1. and one. The Cleveland Browns are 5-2. and two. Those words were that of Sir Yacht, who practically read the mind of every Clevelander in that take. So without any further ado, I want to welcome Sir Yacht to Dogs by Nature Radio. Hey, this is Sir Yacht, as I'm known on Twitter, TikTok, and on social media. I am a sports content creator who has also dived into Ohio and Midwest-related content, as well as Big Ten reporting, NFL reporting, and music. I'm a musician in a band called Maui Ski Club. Ooh, a musician. Definitely going to put a link to your project in our show notes. Thank you so much for stopping by to share your thoughts with us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. So, we have a ton of listeners who aren't familiar with you and your persona. How did you get started? And what's in the cards for the future? So, the way I got started with all this stuff is when the Browns went 0-16. The, uh, you know, obviously it was very depressing. And had a lot of energy. My friend told me to make a rant on the team and uh, Hugh Jackson. So I did that. And SportsCenter Snapchat picked it up. And ever since then, I kind of started making videos about the Browns, videos about uh, the Cavs. And then it, it, it branched out into what it is today, uh, slowly but surely. I've been doing this um, a little less than three years. 
Um, so in the, in the future, I, I, you know, I want to do, I want to be the greatest creator possible in terms of sports, uh, entertainment content. I want to be an on-camera host. Want to have a record deal for music. I just want to do it all, and and, and I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do it. I know I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna manifest it. Well, best of luck to you and your professional aspirations. We're certainly pulling for you here from the Straight No Chaser Studios. I don't think I could have a discussion with you without hearing you recap the Big Ten rumor saga. How did you find yourself entangled in all that intrigue? How enjoyable was it to finally see Fields and the Yang play actual football in 2020? Uh, so the way I got introduced with that whole Big Ten reporting thing is had somebody come to me, <clears throat> had, excuse me, had somebody come to me and he said he was a big fan of my content um, and he had some information with the Big Ten. So I reported what he told me. And then it just kind of turned into what it was because of big accounts like Pat McAfee and, and Barstool Big Cat that uh, made uh, news of it and uh, retweeted it and, and were talking about it constantly. Um, it, was, it was very enjoyable to see the teams playing in 2020. Uh, just obviously the players, you know, especially the seniors and the parents that fought so hard and coaches, athletic directors and fans. A lot of people fought and came together regardless of what team you're rooting for for a common goal, and that was pretty cool to be a part of. Um, so it's very enjoyable. Well, the Ohio State fan and me enjoyed watching every bit of that discourse. But getting back to the Browns. Recently, there was a lot of talk about the demise of Mayfield. You stood strong against the tide of Baker hate. Why do you think fans turned on him so quickly? And do you think this performance in last week's contest takes him out of the woods? So, yeah, obviously there's a lot of talk about the demise of Baker Mayfield. I've stood tall on the hate. I don't hate him, and I, I'm a, a big proponent of him. Fans turn really quickly because uh, there's a lot of expectation in this town. We've, we've never had a winner, and we want one. We have the talent to do so right now. So it's just been a little frustrating, obviously, and obviously quarterback play is a big part of that. But Baker has shown time and time again he can come back from adversity. I think it's just consistency at this point for Baker. And his performance against the Bengals, I do think it takes him out of the woods for a little bit. I think it silences a lot of his critics. Some of, some of the critics are just going to be there no matter what. Um, but I think what will really help is the consistency, and he has to do that going forward. It's been such a long time since we've had a winner here in Cleveland, going on two decades now. Hopefully Baker can do his part in providing consistent football as the Browns move into the second half of this 2020 campaign. So I also noticed you feel pretty strongly about professional footballers who hail from Northern Kentucky. How nice did that game on Sunday feel? And how do you rake the hatred for our AFC North rivals? The I, I, I love Cincinnati. I think it's a great city. I just despise the Bengals, but that's because they're a rival with the Browns. Um, if I had to rank the teams and my hatred of them, it would have to be the Steelers at one, and it's not even close. And then the Ravens are two, and then the Bengals are three. I don't like any of them, but the Steelers by far are the worst. Well, I for one consider the names of our AFC North rival cities to be pejorative terms. And I don't use them, although recently I have developed a soft spot in my heart for Bengals fans. I don't know how that happened. At the same time, I agree with you on your position on the Steelers. We'll see what happens when they come back to our house later in this year. And, and now, as we near the bye, how surprised are you at how much better this team has been playing? How do you think this team finishes the year out? I'm quite shocked. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to predict how the season goes. It's another thing to see it happen. 
and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how the Browns have played, obviously. Um, you know, obviously they've not been great against the Ravens and Steelers, um, but those are two of the best teams in, in not just the AFC North, but in the, in, not just the AFC, but the NFL. And they happen to be in the Browns division. So uh, credit to them. They have great coaches, great stability, and the Browns are working on that. They, they are a new team that's developing and very young, and they'll get there. But they're on pace right now to finish 10-6 and six or 11-5. and five. I think they take 11-5. and five. I think it helps when Nick Chubb comes back, supposedly Week 10 against the Texans. Um, this weekend's going to be tough against the Raiders at home. Uh, I do think they're going to win, but uh, it's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be one of the tougher opponents of the year for the Browns. We definitely need to hear more about the Raiders coming into this contest on Sunday, and we will as Micah and Tyler join us from the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. And we'll get there in a couple of moments. But before we do, I wanted to give a big thanks to Sir Yacht for joining us here in the Straight No Chaser studios. Appreciate everybody's support on me uh, for all the stuff that I do content creation wise with my rants, with uh, TikTok and Ohio stuff and reporting and music as well. We're uh, releasing a single called No One Feels Bad For You, my band Maui Ski Club. It's out November 11th. You can pre-save it in the link in my bio. And I just wanted to thank you guys. Uh, for the time it's much appreciated and go browns we appreciate you taking your time to share with us here on dogs by nature radio continued success to you and all of your endeavors and for the record he can be found at sir yacht on twitter it's here nfl week eight the silver and black attack the shores of lake erie as your Cleveland Browns defend against the Bandits from Las Vegas. To help us prepare for the onslaught, we reach out to Micah and Tyler of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. It's truly a pleasure to have them back for the third time in the Straight No Chaser Studios. Raider Nation, Cleveland Brown fans, thank you for welcoming back Tyler and myself, Micah, from the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Back on to the Dogs by Nature podcast. We appreciate everybody having us back. And uh, we look forward to sharing our insights from a Raider fan perspective. It's great to hear from you guys again. Definitely looking forward to this conversation as well as the game on Sunday. For the record, they can be found at Behind Eye Patch on Twitter. <laughs> so guys... Earlier on, you laughed when I asked if you had aspirations of beating the NFL's fourth best player. But here you are with the road win at Arrowhead. How surprised were you that you got the only win of the season against the defending champs? And has the team lived up to your expectations? I looked at this team and thought, there's no way that we're going to go beat, you know, the Chiefs. The, the, these, this team's looking good, sharp. Looks like a team that's getting ready to go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, so to go into Kansas City, uh, cars never won there. And to go and put up 40 points and be the only team that's beat the Chiefs by more than 7 points while Patrick Mahomes has been there. Uh, shocking, to say the least. Amen. Excited. Uh, a step in the right direction for the organization. There's still work to do, obviously. But um, a massive win. A massive win. And I think something early, you know, this early in the season with such a young team, something that the Raiders can build on. Absolutely. Absolutely something to build on. Um I guess my point of view, Micah, they have superseded my expectations. Yes. I yes. I 100% expected to be uh, one in five or two in four at this point. 
three and three is feeling pretty good, although getting smacked around by the Buccaneers last week was yeah. not so fun. I would say that the team has superseded my expectations. You know, to be three and three at this point in the season, I would say they have exceeded my expectations by one to two games, uh, if I'm being honest. Yeah, same here. I mean, we we talked about it at the beginning of the season. I thought if we're two and four coming out of this, um, uh, I'd be fairly happy. I still, I'm like a really happy three and three as a Raider fan, and maybe part of it's because I mean. I'm, Browns fans know about this. For 20 years, we haven't been anything, uh, minus one season. So um, quality wins, we're not beating scrubs. We're beating quality opponents in the Saints, in the Panthers, in the Chiefs. We're hanging tough with the Patriots, with the Bills. Didn't hang so tough with the Bucks. Um, but it's been a weird, weird 2020 season all the way around. So, you know, there, there's some, you know, there's room for a little crazy here and there. So I'm pretty happy, pretty happy. 2020 has definitely been a crazy campaign. I can't remember the Browns ever exceeding my expectations. You can count us in that camp this year. (laughs) And now, Derek Carr has made some incredible highlights in this year. Does he have the magic this season? How well is he fitting in with the offensive cast of characters? Give us a lowdown on Derek Carr. Uh, you know what? I think with the offense and the weapons that he has around him, as long as the weapons stay healthy, remember, we've been playing with an offensive line that really hasn't been whole since week one. Right. So if everybody can come back uh, against this, stre- uh, you know, on this final 10 game stretch, um, I think Carr will have the it factor through six games against really difficult teams. Um, uh, I'm pretty happy with the way Carr's played. I don't feel like Derek Carr has lost the game for us. I don't feel like it's been Carr's fault um, necessarily that it's like, oh, we, this is why we can't do this or do that. Um, a lot of, bl- I would put more blame this year on the defense than I would Derek Carr. Um, as far as being, I, I don't, I don't believe Derek Carr is an Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe Derek Carr is our Russell Wilson. Um, but to, enough to get the job done and get this team to maybe like a 10 and six and a six or seven seed. Um, I think he. I think he's got enough with the weapons around him. I think Derek Carr could definitely do that. So through through uh, six games this year, Carr's got seventeen hundred and change yards, thirteen touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, average QBR right now is one twelve point eight, which is a career high. Um, I feel like maybe a little different than you do, Micah. I do not think he has what I would call an it factor. We've talked about this, you and I, many times to where he needs things to go perfectly ar- around him to, right, f- right. to be good. So far this year, Trent Brown has been out for most of the games due to injury and now COVID. Uh, Richie Incognito went out in week three or week two or three, uh, and he's been out. And so we've been playing with uh, a line that is kind of in shambles. However, I would say he's done very well uh, through the first few games of the season. At Arrowhead, he outdueled Mahomes, uh, 347, three touchdowns and only one interception. That was his best game of the year, and it showed in that game. I am critical of Derek Carr, um, but I also will give him his props when they are due, and thus far this year, they have been due. I would like him to to do that 
continue this trend through the uh, second uh, part of the season. And I think uh, uh, kind of expanding on that last point that you made, Tyler, um, he should and he has to. From here on out, we face, I mean, really quickly, um, the pass defense of the Browns is ranked 30th in the NFL. There's no reason Carr shouldn't throw for 350 plus yards and three or four touchdowns on Sunday. Uh, And he has to. You know, the Denver Broncos defense hasn't been good. The Chargers defense hasn't been good. You know, the Jets, the entire organization isn't good. The Falcons, the entire organization isn't good. So from here on out, Carr better look like an MVP type quarterback because of the competition we're going against. If he doesn't, then I think Gruden and Mayock are going to be looking at different options in the offseason. Wow. Surprising to hear you talk about moving on from Derek Carr, but I can kind of understand where you're coming from. He's the kind of guy who's going to play well enough so that you're not going to be in a position to draft his replacement. And you never know. (laughs) Imagine Dolphins fans watching Ryan Tannehill lead his new squad to the AFC Championship game. I mean, ultimately, I guess the team matters, right? What does this team look like in the trenches? How well does the O-line do at dictating its will? Are some of your young defensive linemen, and we saw the Condor at Arrowhead, are they showing any promise? We kind of talked about the trenches as far as the offensive line. When they are healthy, they are beastly. Uh, Trent Brown is a mountain of a giant man. Uh, Incognito is nasty in the run block game. Colton Miller, that pick is looking better and better every year. Um, He has filled out and been a great left tackle for us. Um, And then Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson is the epitome of stalwart and awesome. In my opinion, best center in the league, hands down. Has been for a long time, never gets any accolades. Uh, And then Gabe Jackson has been healthy this year, and he's been a monster. Apparently, he likes to step on people uh, and uh, get ejected from games. But that's, you know, that's all right in my book. You're standing up for your teammate. And he actually never even stepped on anybody. So, um, I guess let's go to the D-line for just a a few seconds. We've got uh, the Condor, and we've got Cleland Furl. We've got Mo Hurst. Those guys are looking good, decent this year. Um, Decent, yeah. But I would say our defensive line is not great. What are your thoughts on that? I think the defensive line, like, in a year or two is going to be really good. I, I think Farrell, Farrell has shown flashes enough that I, I don't know if it's just he needs better coaching or it's just time to adjust to the game. It's only his second year. Um, but he's shown flashes like the Kansas City game where he was just absolutely dominant. Now, I will give them a small pass against the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers um, offensive line, I believe, is ranked third in the NFL currently overall. So that's a tough go. Yeah. But... Um, you you know, it's gonna it's gonna have to come through because the rest of the defense for the Raiders isn't very good right now. They're, they're average at best, yes. um, and so we're really seeing kind of the pains of not having a good pass rush. We're we're watching the pains of every position on defense being average. So then the defense as a whole is below average. We don't have some, we don't have defensive backs that stand out. We don't have linebackers that stand out. We don't have a front four that stands out. I, I need to see more. I want to see more. I, I, we saw a, a little bit in the Kansas City game. Got us all excited. Thought maybe this this off or this defensive line turned the corner. Um, 
but then they, it was just same thing. Let Brady sit back there and pick us apart. You can't let a vet like Tom Brady sit back in the pocket. And, and, and you, it's, it, I don't care how good your, your DBs are. When, if Brady has four or five seconds to work, he's going to work any defense. Yeah. And that's what happened to us 45 yes. points later. Yeesh. I was hoping we'd seen the last of Tom Brady. Oh, this might be kind of an obvious question, but what would you say your squad needs to improve? What things make Chucky scalp through his mask? And how close is Mayock to getting this organization to excellence? Things that we need to improve on. I would like to see our, mostly it's the defense. Now, right. <laughs> against the against the um, Bucks, I feel like that kind of got inflated. The score got a little bit out of hand because Carr threw an interception in our own territory. And that's a 14-point right. swing when we really were only down by four points. Um, but... Our linebackers have left a lot to be desired. Going out and sign, signing Corey Littleton uh, has not really paid off for us right no, now. Not at all. Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, the middle, the linebacker from the Bears, is about the only decent free agent signing besides Nelson Aguilar. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, who has really shown, yes, I am worth the contract that I received from the Raiders. Like you, Micah, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's scheme. I feel like both the scheme and the coaching stink on the defensive side of the ball. I'd like to see that change. I don't think we're going to, however. Um, But that is... I think that's what makes Chucky scowl through his mask is the fact that our defense (laughs) cannot like it's a it's a broken sieve like it's got holes in it. But then we also have cracks in it and it just doesn't hold water worth a darn. So I think that's what makes Chucky scowl right now. I think the offense is doing pretty well. But um, yeah, that defensive side of the ball is leaving something to be desired. Uh, you know what? I wish uh, I had an answer because <laughs> I don't you know, know. We a coverage linebacker. Um, in my opinion, we need another solid corner. Trayvon Mullen is an animal. Yep. We need another corner. I would also say we need another safety. I think Abram is going to be fantastic. Right now, though, Browns fans, keep an eye on it. Our safeties in the back. We either rotate Harris or Heath. Harris and Heath are bad. Yep, they're bad. They are very good backups. We'll definitely be watching. So what are you guys expecting in this contest? How do you think the Raiders will travel east? What will the narratives be? And can you envision a final score? I am expecting a fairly close game. Uh, Would not be surprised if uh, the Raiders won. Wouldn't be surprised if the Browns won. I'm kind of split down the middle on that. Um as far as as game things that are or, or storylines, I guess if you want to call them storylines, Odell Beckham Jr. Micah you mentioned is out tore his ACL. Uh, another interesting storyline, Micah, is we're going up against Carl Joseph, our former first yes. round draft pick, uh, who is now a safety with the uh, with the Browns. So you've got Kareem Hunt, who we've used to face with the Chiefs and would tear us a new one like most running backs. Um, <laughs> yep, and yep. Uh, I don't think the Browns defense is on the level of the Buccaneers defense. And so we should be able to score some points. We've shown that we can. Now the question is, is will we? 
the defense is going to have to come out and make Baker Mayfield beat them. It's going to have to be a Baker Mayfield is going to have to play out of his gourd to beat the Raiders. And you're going to have to stop Kareem Hunt. Um, You're going to have to kind of turn him one dimensional. And I would rather have Mayfield beat me uh, than just allow Kareem Hunt to run all over my face. Uh, The the Browns pass defense ranked 30th in the NFL right now. That plays really well into Carr's hands. If this were last season, that wouldn't matter much. But now with the additions of Aguilar, we touched on that earlier. Henry Ruggs is a burner. Darren Waller, uh, our running back, all our running backs out of the backfield can catch the ball, especially Renfro, if you don't let Jacobs my get. Boy. Yep, Renfro. Um, really, the offense, the addition of those offensive weapons and the maturity of guys like Renfro and Waller and their second year in this system, um, Carr should have a heyday through the air. Um, there's no reason. Um, like I said, that he shouldn't just go to town. But I, I think with o- Odell Beckham not being out there and the Browns not being able to rotate Chubb and Hunt into the game, I think it gives a slight advantage to the Raiders. Mayfield's tossed seven interceptions this year to Derek Carr's two. I see Mayfield throwing perhaps another interception, and that might be the difference because I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. That might be the difference um, in this game. I'm going to go 34-30. to 30. Raiders at home. Both teams get to use this as a measuring stick. Where are they at? Are they faux, as in fake, or are they real? And uh, we will find out come Sunday. I think the Raiders get it done 34-27. Micah has it at 34-30. I have a couple of things to say about this contest. First, I think it's a difficult thing for you to travel out east, especially with a one o'clock start. The Browns, of course, returning from the short trek to Northern Kentucky, and they're back in their friendly confines. And friendly they have been as the Browns sitting on a 4-0 record at Ohio Edison Stadium. And additionally, Rashard Higgins in to replace uh, the injured Odell Beckham Jr. He had a monster game against the Bengals. And of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones overcoming the unspeakable transgressions of his youth and catching game-winning touchdowns for the Cleveland Browns. And I respect the Raiders' offensive attack, but not so much the center of the Browns' defense. Darren Waller should have a huge game in this one. And I see a shootout resulting in the score of 41-38 to for Cleveland. I think the Browns win the turnover battle, and I just think the Browns are more comfortable in this contest. Well, our guests today have been Micah and Tyler of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Dogs by Nature Radio. Well, from the Behind the Eye Patch podcast, I am Tyler signing off for myself and Micah, the humble Micah, for <laughs> Raider Nation. Just win, baby. Well, in the words of the great Richard Pryor, we will see. 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 Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to Straight No Chaser. I'm your host, Thelonious Seven, on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care and go Browns. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, 
problems that come from those ideas and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.